Mr. Softy's driving by. I'm gonna wait for Mr. Softy. We just sang the whole Mr. Softy thing. is a very big day today. Huge day. This is our first chapter finale. This is the first one, and we have a special guest. We have a special guest. Who's we, a special we, guest? We, we didn't get the guest. We didn't get the guest. We talked about getting a guest, and we didn't get the guest. And we never got one, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, to the 17 listeners, I guess you're, they're just going to have to just deal with us today. Listen, just for this one time, do you know what? I think we should make up for it. Maybe when we debut the next chapter, we have a special guest. Okay, good. Yeah, because we definitely, I was very excited for the special guest episode, and I just forgot it was this one. Because they're making Clerks 3. They're making Clerks 3, and it's very, very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. But today we're going to talk about Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Yes, uh, it is a take two, if you will. Oh, it's a take two. It's a hard take two. It's, it's, it's <laughs> basically the same fucking script. <laughs> like, it is. It is, but much improved, in my opinion. In huge ways. Yes. I really, 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 really like this movie. I loved it, too. Really liked it. I thought yeah. it was really smart and fun. I, I thought it succeeded in ways that Jane and Bob Strike Back did not. Right. And it, its existence is solely dependent on an awareness of what didn't work about Jane and Bob Strike Back. I agree, and the way that they build relationships in this movie is, I think it's his, his finest work, to be honest with you. Oh, it's so good. It's so good, because he kept going from what he was doing with Clerks. With Clerks. Galerk. <laughs> he kept going from what he was doing with Clerks, too, and let them be grown-ups. But the tone, he let the tone be silly, like a Jane Silent Bob movie should be. He was right the first time that it should be zany. They even brought back the thing that they abandoned with them being in a drug dealer's union. They brought Absolutely. back that joke. They yep. really tied it firmly into the whole series. Yep. Um, and, and if you look at that card that he's holding, it's signed by uh, Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. The union card. It's very sweet. I paused it. I paused it. You know, being in a union myself, I wanted to I wanted to check out the card, check out the deets, if you will. It was worth the pause. They did no so question. many they did so many right things. It still was cameo laden, but Yes, and and perhaps you can help me with this. The cameos didn't bug me the way they did the last time, and I think it's because I didn't recognize half of the people. Oh really? Yeah. I found out how old I was watching this movie. So I feel like the cameos didn't bother you as much because the cameos in the movie are not what's hot right now. They were people that are fans, people that are celebrated actors, people that you would recognize if you recognize their genre that they're popular in. But it wasn't weighted down with famous people, right now people, that wanted to be in the Kevin Smith movie. I see. Whereas, so maybe I'm not as old and dumb in this department as I thought I was. No, it was actually like people that were legit friends of his that were like, cool, you'll be back. And he makes a joke about it at the end when he's just like, yeah, I had a heart attack and I guilted a bunch of my friends to be in this movie. That was hilarious. 
Yeah. And right off the bat, we get we get a cameo from Doug Judy. And I, I call him Doug Judy because of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But as uh, Judge and, no, jury, Jerry and Executioner. Yes. Good stuff. <laughs> Judge, Jerry, and Executioner. It's a... It's the same joke as Marshall, Will, and Holly, but it's a better joke. And we see a lot of that in this movie. It's the same joke, just It's the same better. joke. It's, it's just better. And I feel like we have a, what did we miss? Because we didn't hit Marshall, Will, and Holly being from Land of the Lost in our Jane and the Bob Strike Back episode. I don't think. Do you know what's funny? I said Marshall, Will, and Holly, and it didn't land for you that it was Land of it the Lost, and I moved on. Yeah, it didn't land. Yeah. It didn't land. Uh, but no, Jerry and Executioner, Craig Robinson, uh, he's he's the best. My he's, God, he's the best. He's hysterical. Joe Manganiello. Wonderful. Also, man bun goals. His hair looked incredible. <laughs> I was legit jealous of his hair in that yeah. scene. Yeah. And Justin Long playing basically the same character from Zack and Mary make a porno, but he, does, he can't use the name, right? Because he doesn't own the rights to those characters. Yeah, but it's exactly uh, the same guy. Yeah. Yeah, but we we skip the beginning. I mean, the the movie starts with uh, the way that Clerks and Clerks Two starts with Dante pulling up. Yeah, right. I, it's, I, right from the start, you know. Oh, even 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 further back with all the cartoon characters that come running through and trample the clown. I mean, I'm I'm in. Like, I am on board it's right so, away. With this it's movie. so charming. It charms the yeah. pants off of you right off the bat. I love that right away. He's like, RST video is closed. Now is it is a legit. Fried chicken shack front for growing weed. Like, and they right. just give that to you at the beginning. Like, okay. Right. Called, called Cocksmoker, which we've heard throughout all the films. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's one giant, I think we said this about Strike Back, but it's one giant reference. But this time, it kills. It lands. Everything is great. Especially because we're in nostalgia culture deeply right now. And everything that we saw, and Ben Affleck says it so beautifully when he's like, all that shit from when I was a kid is back. And some of that meant the world to me. And that's really what's happening to us and men our age where things that we were interested in when we were younger are coming back. And that's what that movie lives in. It's now it's the time for this movie. It was a little bit too soon to follow up Chasing Amy with Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Because the right. follow-up to Chasing Amy needed to be another strong, interesting effort. Yeah. Not, I'm going to wrap this up real quick. Yeah. Like, it was a little too soon. It was premature. And so we're sure. ready for this. I love that he leans into the fact that a reboot is basically the same fucking movie you saw. Yeah. Just younger and more diverse. Yeah, just younger and more diverse. And we talk about reboots and remakes and sequels. Uh, and then we get, like, my favorite... My favorite line, I think, in the whole movie, and it happens to Jason Lee right away. Uh, a rebel group has to steal plans to blow up a space station led by a man in a black mask. Star Wars. Nope. The Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Yeah. Absolutely reboot. It's the same movie. <laughs> it's the same yeah. movie. Um, it was a little weird how they really tried to make Dishes Are Done Man a thing. I don't know where that came from. Uh, that's great. I that's guess we great. all don't know. Tell don't Mom. tell Mom the babysitter's dead. We all know that moment. And and Keith Coogan? Keith Coogan. Like, yeah. we all know that moment, but it was just so weird that right away in uh, in Brody's secret stash. Yeah. Fun little jab at Mallrats in there. With the rat, the actual when rat. When he's like, all those mall rats. And he's like, oh, I don't see any kids around. He's like, no, 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 actual rats. like Actual rats. <laughs> yeah, because malls are dead. Yeah. 
There's a sign at the mall. Don't open. Dead inside. Walking Dead reference. Very, very good. Very, very good stuff. <laughs> the good meta Kevin Smith jokes. That's the thing where they're like, that asshole, where the Kevin Smith is directing the new Blunt Man and Chronic movie. Yeah, love the Kevin Smith, Kevin James parallels, because that happens in real life, apparently. Yeah. No, it was super funny. And what's... I, I don't know. There's something so good about the way he disarmed the audience right away. Like, I'm ready to just sit back and, and watch this play out. I haven't seen yeah. them since Clerks 2 at this point. Nope. I The movie is so painfully aware of the collective disappointment in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. You know, it's really aware of it. And he's aware that he didn't do the best job he could have in that moment. You know? Sure, sure. Uh, it's great. He, you know, it's funny. When we talked about Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, I talked about how I hated the take to the camera. Mm. And he does it again here, but I liked it here. Yeah. Yeah, in the comic book store. It's great. How did you feel about the Molly Shannon cameo? Molly Shannon did did some great work there. She <laughs> really did. She was a South Best ticket taker and uh, you know, she had to she had to play the trope of, of not them not being able to get on a plane, so she had to deny them access to the plane and she was she was her perfect Molly Shannon self. She was amazing. And I love that they they went back to you know Kevin Smith being asked to get off an airplane. You know, this guy he's still too fat to fly. <laughs> a lot of meta Kevin Smith jokes. Yeah. That was big drama. Do you remember when that happened? I do. When he got asked to get off the plane? I do. And the and the if I recall, the airline company like pushed back like, well he needed a seatbelt extender. And Kevin Smith was like, I am not over the weight limit to fly. Like, right. that's not real. Yeah. That was uh, that was a little rough. A little rough on that airline's part. Yeah. Um, Big misstep for them. You're talking about the Jason Lee take to the camera on Squeakles. Yes. Yeah, the Alvin and the Chipmunks reference. It's great. <laughs> Sorry, my mind went blank there. I yeah. Had to, I had to pick that back up. The squeakle. <laughs> you know, and this movie is so aware of itself. They even bring up the Anne Frank joke from Clerks 2 again. Yes. Yeah. Blind is Anne Frank. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of Clerks, right, there's, I think by this point in the film, they, they got to get the $337 tickets. I think this is like our third 37 reference. Right, referencing Dante and the thirty-seven blowjobs. Yeah, uh, 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 in the in the courtroom, it's docket thirty-seven. Yeah, they keep bringing that number up. Yeah, I love it. Every time you hear it in a Kevin Smith film, you laugh. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 like thirty-six. Right. You're number thirty-seven. It's number thirty-seven. What were you going to say? I cut you off. Well, I was going to say when he shows up later, you know, he's wearing number thirty-seven. He's always got thirty-seven on his hockey jersey. And oh yeah. It's just, it's just classic, man. I wish I had my own universe where I could wear a jersey with the number and people would be like, oh, I know why he's wearing that number, you know. Do you know what it reminded me of? This movie reminded me of the second Austin Powers movie. The second Austin Powers movie. Because the first... Eli- still Elizabeth Hurley. No, Elizabeth Hurley's only in the beginning. No, um, what's her butt? Heather Graham. Heather Graham, yes. So, like, the second Austin Powers movie, they got to just play in the universe... And I think with this one, he legit, there was no demand for this movie. There was no expectation on this movie. He really shits on Tusk, though, and Yoga Hosers. Oh, yeah, he does. Which is so funny that he, like, 
but he's completing that trilogy, but he shits on those movies hard. Yeah. It you know it almost it's so funny they say reboot and and remake uh, and sequel but it, it, this almost feels like a rewrite. It's a total rewrite. You know, it's like we went into rehearsal, we rehearsed the play, we teched it, we got it in front of an audience and then we did some rewrites yeah. and we just we fucking nailed it. <laughs> it's it's a great rewrite. It's a really really yeah. good rewrite. It's like when they realized arsenic and old lace was funny. Like That's this shit's hilarious. Yeah, that's a great play. It's played as a comedy. They didn't know. They didn't know. I love, and what's funny is, I was really uncomfortable with the hitchhiking sequence. I thought that was such a half-baked way to get them from point A to point B. And just a way to squeeze in George Carlin and Carrie Fisher. And then they replace it with the Uber sequence, which is so funny. And the weird-ass side story about hater tots, which I find hysterical. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we know that you and I love tater tots. Yes. So as soon as they show up on screen... It's so know, good. A, we get hungry, and we start, our mouth starts salivating. But but B, I mean, it's just perfect the way that they played it. He pulls them out of the dashboard, and then he starts talking about, what, Tiger Bean? Tiger Bean. Uh, Tiger Bean, yeah. You know, uh, and he's wearing the sweater with the plaid. Uh, that guy nailed it. It was hilarious. Fred, Ride me now. Oh, my God. Fred Armisen is so funny. Um, I love the act markers of the three blunts, too. Yes. Snoogans, Berserker, and Snoochie Boochie. Yeah. Like, he's right? got the three blunts, and it's the yeah. last of of his old life. Yeah. And it's great. when it's it, He adds this like whole mystical element that they're protective of these three blunts. And they find a good excuse to sacrifice the three blunts. And the first one is to get their friend high. Right. And then the Because s- they are card-carrying members of Jersey local and they And they owe it to him. And then the second one is to save the girls. And the third one is to save the world. It's such, right. it's such a better version of the same story. Yeah. All the things that were missing, all the things that were off. Um, How would you feel about Matt Damon's Loki cameo? Oh, Delicious. Delicious. I love him when he does stuff like that because I think if there was – not, I'm not going to say any other actor, but I think if there was another actor that sort of does that thing where it's a so – you know, it's, it's so aware of itself and it's, it's playing for laughs. But he's so good at it. You know, I was Loki before Tom Hiddleston and the fake English accent. Ah, yeah, the bo- the, my reborn identity, touched by an angel, you know, nailing the pun game. So – Fucking hilarious! It was man. really, really, really good. Uh, apparently, there's some drama that he wasn't legally supposed to include Loki, and they were trying oh. to find a way to get Matt Damon in. And I think it, I might be getting the story skewed, but I feel like it was Jennifer Schwalbach Smith that was like, just have him be Loki and and be a, a narrator to move the plot along. Throw him yeah. that, and then you you get a dogma not in. And are they going to come to you for, come at you for those 30 seconds of footage? Like, do you care? Right. Is it really going to be right. a thing? And so he wasn't supposed to do that. Speaking of Jennifer Schwalbach-Smith, fierce cameo as uh, Miss McKenzie, Missy McKenzie. Come so on. So good. That was great with the pigtails and everything. So good. Yeah, and there she is in the movies. Uh, and then we that's when we reintroduce Justice with uh, a Hicks character who was the reporter... 
in Dogma. Yeah. And so we find out that anyone that was killed during Dogma has been brought back to life. Has been brought back to life by Alanis Morissette. I love that they address more than one time that God looks suspiciously like Alanis Morissette. Like Alanis Morissette. Do you know God looks like Alanis Morissette? It's great. <laughs> and Kevin's uh, and Silent Bob uh, trying to order a vegetable. Yes. And he comes up with an eggplant. And it's- then he goes into the bathroom and fucks his wife. I mean, yes, great. I'm loving, I'm loving every second of this. I have no issues to this point. In the movie, I'm perfectly happy. It's because it's, it's silly and fun, but it's tight. Oh yeah, it's yeah. It's, no, the, the storytelling is working. It's really, really tight. Uh, it's after movies that we go back to justice. We finally see justice, mm-hmm. and we learn about their whole thing. What happened after the events of Jane and Bob Shrek back? Because we've never addressed that. Nope, nope. What happened? And she got pregnant with a love child, and it's played by Kevin Smith's daughter. Harley. And this is the thing. She does a great job in this movie. I think so. She's a very good actress, and she's going to grow into an excellent actress. She knows what she's doing. She really... I mean, her dad's a director. She's been around this her entire life. She did a really good job. That was a lot of heavy lifting for a young actor. And that's not a, you know, that's not a non-complex character. No. I mean, anyone who doesn't know their dad or have their dad... You know those that that those emotions run deep, yeah. And so to to be able to play that while also being, you know, a snotty kid, right? Like and kind of a mm. badass, a little bit of a rebel. So there's there's a lot of layers there, and I think that she she attached them well. She did a really good job. She was super charming. So I bought it too. She looked like she could be his daughter. She's oh, all she's their all daughter. tall. Yeah, she's all tall and lean, and like it's. It, it was funny. I love that she had a stank attitude. I love that she has a silent best friend. Yes. Well done. Yep. It was so good. Wait. But not just a best friend that doesn't talk. The, the best friend is deaf. Yeah. So she has a reason not to talk. Yeah. And she's also Latina. It's great. It's yep. great. Her name is yep. Sopapilla, though. I could not. and jay goes soapy penis (laughs) and it's funny i laughed at it but i still cringed i was like Mm -hmm. come on you're not that much of an idiot you know that woman's name is not soapy penis but i guess the buffoonery is part of the aesthetic sure and if you go all the way back to clerks you know that guy that's been hanging out in front of the store you could almost buy that he may hear that and think that because he's just a stoner yeah. Just a dumb stoner who now is being thrust into a situation of responsibility. I will say I'm, I, I feel like Justice not wanting her to know, that felt like a little bit of a reach for me. Because Justice's character, that's a departure. And I, it is. You're absolutely right. And I did not understand why she didn't want her to know. Right, right, and I, you know, I didn't, I didn't need a whole scene of exposition right in the middle of this romp that we're in. I was fine. I was like, okay, that's how they're going to play this, you know. Yeah. Um, but it still, it felt out of character for Justice. It was muddy. It was weird. Yeah. She loved him so much. She went to jail. Loved him. She went to jail yeah. to protect him. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't understand why. And like he. 
So he didn't visit her because they couldn't have conjugal visits. That's what they said. Yeah. But they had yeah. slept together at some point. On the way between kicking Brent out of the van and the end of the movie. Yeah. So at some point, they did have to sleep together, but it would have had to have been after she got arrested. Would it have had to have been after she got arrested? Yes, because they kicked Brent out of the van. Then the next time, or, or did it be, happen between kicking Brent out of the van and Colorado? I just don't know when that would have happened. Yeah, there's that's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a plot it's, problem. It's muddy. It's your secret yeah. daughter. It's it's Ray being Palpatine's granddaughter. It's like I don't know how that was possible, but I'll bite. It wasn't possible, Andrew. <laughs> it wasn't. But this wait. isn't our first. This isn't our first. Oh, go ahead. Wait, did you see the uh, trailer for Kenobi? Is there a trailer? There's a teaser. I can't wait. Listen, and at five at five thirty, they're gonna release a Justice League trailer, and like I'm gonna freak out. I'm excited for all of these things. It's gonna be great. Saturday, August twenty second. Good day. It was a good day for nerds. It's a, <laughs> a fantastic day. Yeah. But this was not our first plot problem, right? Uh, going all the way back to the courtroom where – did I mention that Craig Robinson was, yeah, was in it? Did, and, yeah, And was just amazing? Yeah. Uh, Craig, did. if you're listening, you're the bomb.com. Listen, maybe he should be the guest. Oh. I know, right? I would freak out. Holy We would get fuck. nothing done. We would get nothing, nothing done. Nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. Nothing at all. I would just ask him to just sing. Sing for me, Craig, please. Oh, your beautiful pipes. Anyway, <laughs> enough fangirling about Craig Robinson. Yeah. Jesus. It's okay. I'm here uh, for it. When, when Jay says we don't own anything. They own the they quick do. stop. They own the quick stop. They own the quick stop. I know. I caught that too. They own the quick stop. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, and I would have, getting back to, to Justice, maybe if, I think if she had been like, pissed off that he didn't come and see her so much and that's why he doesn't want her to know him or uh, him to know her uh, his daughter right away but it just it was very out of character I'm harping but I didn't like it there's a couple of things the movie's not perfect it's super fun and it's better than the last time he tried to make that movie but there are a couple things um, I didn't really like love the not tomorrow rats with the blueprints didn't like that weird pedophile entrapment plan sequence. Yeah, that was a little cringy, eh? Yeah. Even though that that guy wasn't a pedophile. Yeah, it's just the fact in, in our story, but the the fact that they did it like that was cringy, and I understand because he he doubled down on letting these eighteen year old women be sexual and talk about sexual things. And mm-hmm. I feel like he was making an effort to show them as women, but, but because so much of the plot depends on us understanding that they're girls that are lamenting the lack of a father, father figure, figure uh, I, it, it infantilizes them a little bit for the viewer. So to have both things going on, to have him be like, I need you to see them as a child to understand that they're grieving over the lack of a father figure or an absent father figure... And also, I want to have them as empowered women that have sexual identities, even though they're young. 
Yeah, I think I think now we're getting into a little bit of a societal issue, right? Because we don't want anyone thinking about sex until they're eighteen. Yeah, and uh, a very a very wise woman, much smarter than me, uh, thinks that maybe we shouldn't be that way. Maybe we shouldn't avoid the sexual conversations with the young people. Maybe we should say, you know, if it, if an eight year old asks you about sex, maybe maybe don't shy away from it as much as we do. Mm-hmm. Not my opinion. But, you know, I think that I think that you're onto something there because we in society just want to have people be young and innocent and childlike until they're 18. And then we can't just flip a switch. Yeah. I just think it's interesting that we understand that these women are empowered. They've hatched this whole scheme. They're living their whole existence very fully they want to talk about sexual things they laugh at the fact that the father figures that the male figures are uncomfortable with their sexuality they think Mm, that's funny they try to make them cringe yeah they want to fuck chris hemsworth till he's thor yeah and then at the same time the plot is dependent upon them being children and so i guess it's not possible it's not impossible for those two things to coexist, but it made it a complicated view for me. I think it's interesting that you think that them wanting a father figure sort of infantiles, infantilizes them because I'm 42 years old and I still miss my dad every day. Do you know what? I'm 37 and I miss my dad every day too. So I, I hear what you're saying. I really do hear what you're saying because personally, I do lament the loss of a, of a father figure. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just it, as a viewer watching it, it made me think of them as children. Because of the medium. Yep. Okay, I can buy that. So taking them in as whole women and children when I needed to, that was jerky for me. Mm, gotcha. But I, but I can look at it rationally and understand what he was attempting to do. Mm-hmm. And I just, I felt like he was trying to achieve two purposes in one story thread. Yeah, and I think that we could have gotten a vehicle a little bit differently than to catch a predator. I wasn't wild about that. I really wasn't wild about that yeah. at all. And especially, I can and, buy that. And, and and also the crux of that plan was her knowing that Jay would come to her rescue, and that's just not really a thing for her. Uh, yet. Yeah. Like, right, why yeah. would she expect that? That's something that has to be earned. So that whole sequence was a little bit muddy for me. That was one of my things that I was just like, nah, I don't know. I, I understand. I love their I friend understand. that's a podcaster that like ends up ends up becoming a, a KGB operative out of nowhere. The super villain. She was yeah. wearing a cat suit under her. She definitely <laughs> was. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking knew it. Hilarious. It was so <laughs> silly and so funny. I just love that she has her recording device and she's like dead-eyed the whole time. She's like, She's like just whispering in a recording device. It's yeah, so funny. Just softly speaking. It's so good. Not English. I will say that it's kind of a leap to include the KKK all of a sudden. Out of nowhere. Out of absolutely nowhere. Of nowhere. Do you feel like, do you feel like perhaps Kevin Smith was creating an opportunity to answer assertions of him being racially inappropriate with that moment. Sure. I mean, yeah. And, and let's go back to, uh, him 
addressing some of the homophobic tones that we've had throughout the Viewisk universe with um, Hulu and Hump. Oh, yeah. Brushed right past that, we did. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob have been intimate together. Yeah. But we Hulu and Hump, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, and now we're going to shit on the KKK. Actually, literally. Actually shit on the KKK. Yeah, literally. Not until um, he does the Glenn Gary Glenn Ross monologue, though. Oh, so <laughs> fucking good. So that, good. When he lays into that, what is it? Is it Mitch sent me? Mitch. Yeah, as soon yeah. as he's like, Mitch sent me. And yeah. I was like, is he going to fucking do the Glenn Gary Glenn Ross monologue? Yeah, and he does. Always Mitch be and Murray. ducking. Always ducking. be Always ducking. Be <laughs> ducking. Here comes the shit. Uh, reportedly out of a, an Asgard porta potty. Read that yeah. online. And I didn't see it. I didn't see it. So I don't I can't confirm it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then they leave it. Who the fuck are Mitch and Murray? <laughs> <laughs> and Jer- and Chris Jericho, Jericho cameo. Chris Jericho. Can you dig it? <laughs> At a KKK rally, just like. Yeah. And what were they going to do to those girls? Unclear. Unclear. But uh, I guess they did not like how diverse the cast was. That's what it seems okay, like. Great. No, that's what it seems okay. like. And, and I guess the whole hater tots thread. Mm-hmm. Leads up to them because he talks about they build it in the beginning. Yeah. That white supremacists yeah. love hater tots. Who knew <laughs> that white nationalists would be my target audience? Yeah, right? that they yeah. love some hater tots. And <laughs> I think that's him shitting on all of his internet troll haters and yeah, people that say you, people then. that say weird shit about reboots having additional diversity because it's always those people that's mm-hmm. like those are those are my not my Little Mermaid people. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You can't cast her as mm-hmm. Ariel. Ariel wasn't black. Ariel was a fucking mermaid. Shut up. She's, She's actually fictional. Yeah, I've never seen a mermaid, so I don't know. Yeah. Oh my god. She could be she could be anything. Literally she could be anything. He. Literally could, anything. Oh, yeah. people like that are ridiculous, and I think that that's who these people are standards for. Kind of like in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, Holden's attitude towards the movie of Blunt Man and Chronic is kind of Kevin Smith's yeah. attitude towards his own film. I think this yeah. is his de facto haters group, actual white nationalists who are threatened by these four girls of multiple ethnic identities in their neighborhood. Yeah. How dare they be there? Yeah, I love it's, that. It's, it's muddy how we get there, but the bit is funny. I love that. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's great. Uh, and then they drive off, and now who's stupid, you dirty sheep fucker? <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's just another another great example. Oh, another example of uh, another thing that he did better in this film was the dream sequence. Yes. Right? Whereas before, it was the weird, like, Scooby-Doo thing, and they took their kidneys. Yeah. And now it's fucking Method and Red Man, and they're talking about being a dad and, and how, you know you've already been a success, more successful father than the father before you. So it's like, we've got this weird sequence where they're having a, you know, they're in the back of Method Man's car, but it's actually important to the plot. It is. It's all it's relevant. It's actually moving the story, you know, and, uh, and it's great in the road, the road, the road, the road. you know, that's a callback to the rules of yeah. the road. It's gotta be, it's gotta, it's gotta be. be right? Yeah. And they're so yeah. funny and it's, 
Who doesn't love how high? Come on. How high is funny? <laughs> how high is hilarious? How high is like half-baked, right? Like it's, it's a dumb yeah. stoner movie, you know, that like does, does it well and, it, and does it, it great. It does everything remember, it sets like, out oh to God, do. It's really hard to be mad at it. It's very funny. Everybody's yeah. in there. They're so cute. They're so funny. I loved it. I actually yeah. watched Method Man and Red Man's TV show. They came out with Method and Red, and I, I watched it. It didn't, it didn't last because they can't be as on network television. They can't be as overtly sexual and give as many weed references. So like they have to pu- push sure. all of that to subtext. So when you push huge facets of the things about characters you love into subtext, it's what's your show? Yeah, then what's your show about? Anyway. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's like the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh my gosh, but B. Arthur what? really does sing a song in that. <laughs> B. Arthur sings a song. Uh, uh, yeah, but so what I was saying is 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 that uh, now you, you, you dirty sheep fucker. Yeah. It's like it's 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 like better. Yeah. It's because you know we've we've just fucking dumped the KKK. But actual shit. And then we show up, and then we get we get to Hollywood, and I saw on Twitter that. When Millie is looking up at the Hollywood sign, that it is indeed a nod to Coal Miner's Daughter. Oh, wow. When they first arrive at the Ryman. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that on Twitter. I was like, oh, good, good, good. It's a lift. He just lifted it directly. I love it's it. It's great. It's so sweet when yeah. they get to Hollywood. Uh, what's hilarious is it's actual Comic-Con footage. It's obviously actual Comic-Con footage. Nice. Nice. And, like, I feel like even the pitches that you see of Kevin Smith being like, I can't finish this movie without you. I feel like that's actual things he sent to his fans. Those are so obviously <laughs> his fans sitting in that convention center that are there right. for that reason. It's, right. it's ridiculous. Um, Chris Hemsworth's hologram. Chris Hemsworth's hologram. I mean, not only is he like one of the most physically stunning people on earth. He's beautiful. But the accent and then the delivery. <laughs> Of all of those things that, and you know, he fucking loved filming. Oh yeah! I mean, my God, that's like that's like any speech from Bottoms in a Midsummer Night's Dream. Like that, those are dream fucking lines. What he said, because your hem's worth it. I died. (laughs) 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 Don't hump the hologram. So don't do it's it's so. Don't stick your dick in the hologram or anything in the hologram. (laughs) <laughs> it is genuinely a hilarious thing that they did, yeah. including him. And again, cameo laden, but not bloated with the cameos. No, no, and we and, and we've talked about yeah. him. Like we 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 introduced him, we brought him up, and now here he is, and it makes sense. It makes sense that he's here. Yeah, in a weird viewers universe way, but it does, and that's the difference. It's so good. Um, also, this Act 3 sequence of them running through Chronic Con is them running through the studio. It's just that sequence all over again. The, and the, the same music is playing. Yeah, but this time, it's, instead of running through the studio and hitting up different movie sets, they hit different Kevin Smith booths. And it is... And, and, and now we're speaking of nostalgia... Now we're now we're really like getting into it, and this is this is where I really started to fucking love the movie. Like I liked it. I would you know I was on board in the beginning, and then in Act Two, I was like, oh, this is great! Like everything is moving, and 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 what a great story that we're telling. And now, boom! I'm 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 just hook, line, and sinker. That when they get to the clerk's booth and everyone's in black and white, My what God. a good joke! 
It's so yeah. silly. It's, so and this silly. is right after Dietrich Bader comes back as the security guard. Security guard. We yeah. actually get the Keith Coogan cameo. Yep, yep. Oh, man. And, and we turn black and white. And the only thing I missed was Jeff. I wish, I wish Jeff was on the panel. Yeah, he wasn't. He's conspicuously absent from this film. And I think this ties back into their whole thing about him, like, really trying to retire. Yeah. <laughs> like, he keeps yeah. trying to retire. And they had their brief falling out, but they sorted that out early. Right. And he is really trying to retire. But apparently, he made it to a Comic-Con event, and it was at a signing that he agreed to do Clerks 3. Because okay. they, he had... I'm paraphrasing the story, but they had talked all day while signing autographs. And they're like, there's absolutely enough material for a Clerks 3. Like, there's something there that's worth coming back for in our late 40s 50s like but yeah, the, the thing is they're I'm they're grown-ups and dads to like try and he's right to be trepidatious to try and pull off that schlub one more time especially because <laughs> because he nailed randall in clerks too beautifully oh yeah i could understand him wanting to leave it there it's like billy joel's last album be like we never got any yeah. more music from him that last album was strong and he bowed out at the top of his game We'll see. Legendary. We'll see what this Clerks Three is like. Legendary. We missed. Uh, we didn't talk about Rosario. A nice, healthy lesbian Being relationship. Wife. That's a good cameo for her too. Yep. It's more than a cameo. She like it's very good. She, she she's oh, in yeah. for a few she minutes. Just comes in and owns this. Yeah, she comes in and owns the screen, and then drives away in a fucking black SUV. Come on, baller. Yeah, she's tough though because like Rosario Dawson. Maybe it's because I have a tiny little crush, but just. Good luck looking at anybody else when she's in the scene. Yeah, yeah. She striking. is striking, striking and she commands such a presence. And that's why she's a film actress. Like, you, you look yeah. at her. She gets on screen and you look right at her. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic in this. Yeah. And it's a small part. And she always, she always, knows, she always knows who she yeah. is. You know, she always, she always knows the person that's walking on set. Oh, yeah. Into the shot. Like, she, she just is that person. I wish that Justice... I wish they could have found an excuse for Justice and Rosario Dawson's character to be in the final sequence. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to the final sequence, yeah. you know, because that, that wasn't the intended way they were going to do it. No. You know. I do know, yeah. You know. Um, but, yeah, I feel like that was the place to do it because – and it's, it's, it would be kind of easy, right? Like, we – called and you didn't answer and we assumed you were with these two clowns and I was expecting them to come know, back. Yeah, it could have it could have happened. It seemed logical, um, but I get it. We'll get to the final sequence. Yeah. I have thoughts. How do we feel about this Holden McNeil cameo? Uh anytime I hear that theme. Yeah. You feel I'm happy. Yeah. Wait, it takes you right back to how you felt when Chasing Amy happened though, right? You hear the music like, oh Absolutely. Oh my God. People have such feelings yeah, no associated with Chasing Amy. Yeah, uh, it's it, and it was it's interesting. Ben Affleck has grown up to be Matthew Lillard. It's good for him, <laughs> dude. He looks he, this, he looks just fucking like him. He looks incredible. It's crazy. He looks incredible. Um, mm-hmm. I have to say that the sequence with Holden McNeil was one of the most heartbreaking moments in the best way. It just it it gave me so much feeling 
because we, we talked about this when we did Chasing Amy is that Holden needs to grow up. Yeah. And like we finally got it that Holden actually grew up. He actually grew up. Um, and uh, again, we're in this movie and we stumble upon Holden McNeil and it's not just Holden McNeil for Holden McNeil's sake. He is the impetus for Jay to be the successful father that he's going to be. Yeah. You know, his speech, Holden's speech and Holden talking about the things that matter now and Bruce Wayne's mom, whatever her name is. <laughs> and a great take to the camera. He, that's another one. He, when he looked at the camera and did that tiny little take and I, tiny little and I take. fell in love with him and I was like, this is why you're a movie star though. So it's him. Say with Rosario Dawson. Some people just have that thing and the mm-hmm. camera catches them and it's like your heart. They get your heart. And he yep. looked at the camera and I was yep. like, look at you working this camera so hard. Whose <laughs> name escapes me right now. But the yep. whole Martha sequence is great. Um, I loved, and I, I, I want to talk about this moment. There's a lot to unpack in this moment. I think we can spend yeah, a couple minutes digging into this. Because they run into Holden and like the pace of the movie is at its like regular frenetic pace. It's all crazy. It's all epic. And they run into Holden, and I love that Holden stops that pace. And he's like, first of all, yeah. hi, good to see you. It's been years. Yeah. <laughs> and, <it's, laughs> and you see him hugging Kevin Smith. You see him literally saying that to his friend. Because mm-hmm. they had had some history yeah. that was not good. Yeah. And they sit down, and that's when we get this monologue where he's like, oh, all, all the bullshit from your youth comes back. And some of that shit meant the world to me when I was just starting out. It's like, and now that I have all my dreams and everything came true, you know, I'm ready for the next thing. It's, yeah. it was so powerful. And he's like, your kids are, are kind of your chance at a reboot. And the three of them Absolutely. are dads. Yeah. And, and Jason's dad is Amy in the, in the film. Yes. I'm sorry. Jason's daughter is, is, Amy. is playing Amy. And that's why I say, who's the father? Silent Bob. Yeah. So funny. It's so funny. <laughs> the three of them are dads, and they're saying something that's so real that's about them personally, like as fathers, about them as friends and artists, that all of them, their yep. career dreams have come true. And when they first met, they yeah. were nobodies. Right. And it's... Right. And they've, they've put all this... They've put it all together. They've all worked together every single time. Yeah to make this thing what it is and now we're going to reflect on it we're going to we're going to have like one more one last ride if you yeah. will and then we're going to give it to the next generation yeah you know oh it's so sweet it's so charming Joey Lauren Adams cameo we finally get to know what happened with Holden and Alyssa and he does right. the moment They're, fingers yeah absolutely and they call her finger yeah. cups when she walks in so, yeah, oh, and she chuckles yeah. There's no, there's no problem. No, we're all good. Everybody you know, grew up. They're, they're the best of friends. Yeah. 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 And I love, I love that we get, so I spend my days chasing Amy. So to speak. So to speak. <sighs> so satisfying. The whole thing. He's like, when, yeah. and when you're, you don't get an act three, you know, you, you become the stage for them to do their thing on. Yeah. And lift them up. It's like, that's all I want. I learned yep. so much from her every day. It was, it yep. was gorgeous. Uh, only a real father could like write something like that. Do you know what I mean? Somebody that understands mm-hmm. what it's like to care so much for another human being. That's yeah. your own. Like, Oh, it's so beautiful. 
And uh, that's right. You know, so fun fact that that scene wasn't supposed to happen. No. Yes, that wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, ben Affleck had said, uh, "What did he say?" They asked him if he was going to be part of the reboot, and he was like, "I haven't been asked, but I would do it." And so Kevin called him up after because it's like through Twitter, like they weren't even going to bother mm. him with this. And he wow. called him up, and Kevin Smith was like, I hadn't cast Cockknocker yet. He wasn't sure what he was going to do. He knew he was going to film a sequence of the new Blunt Manichronic. Right, right, And he right. hadn't cast Cockknocker. He's like, well, maybe I bring Ben Affleck as Cockknocker. That'll be a thing, because it's like, Melissa Benoist, Val Kilmer, as Silent Bob. You know, oh, like, sure, sure, um, sure, yeah. And then they, they talked about it, and uh, he, he's like, it just... As we were figuring out how we were going to include him in the movie, it became, it's got to be Holden talking about being a dad. And he's like, and I'm yeah. super, he said he was super proud of the Chasing Amy monologue. He's like, I'm, I got to reboot the Chasing Amy monologue, like, in a weird way. Oh, no, it's great. It's great. So satisfying, like you said. And just, again, wrapping it, wrapping it all up, you know, and putting a pretty little fucking bow on it. It was just delicious it was really really good so before we leave holden we just have to talk real quick about the way he references his own movies in that last little speech with his daughter oh right before he gives them the uh the backstage passes oh because he's vip bro vip bro yeah and then they leave and he says they're gone girl where'd they go on the town it's just us now we're the just us league (laughs) Look at me like that for our go fuck yourself. Well done. I mean, <laughs> thank you for that, Ben Affleck. It was as if we didn't love you enough already. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. Do you know what uh, we skipped over? We skipped over the really quality Jason Biggs, James Vanderbeek cameo. <laughs> where they're just riffing on each other. Oh my god, where he's like, I was in Jersey Girl, he ruined my career. That guy's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good for them. Good for them. Oh, and Kevin Smith's mom and uh, brother are in that panel audience. Are they really? Yeah, that when it when you know they sit behind the the two people that are dressed as Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, apparently that's Kevin Smith's uh, mom. And how uh, fun! And his brother. Yeah, how funny! So they get backstage. They actually have a sweet moment with Millie. By the way, her name is Millennium Falcon. How good is that? Her name is, her name is Millennium Falcon because Justice took her wife's name. Yeah. Falcon. But they get, them the, they get them the passes. They get in there. And hot take. The new Blunt Man and Chronic movie looks kind of good. I'd watch the fuck out of that film. It looks kind of good. Like, it looks so good. Tommy Chong, Val so Kilmer, and... Melissa Beto's, that's going to be funny. Yeah. yeah, and Val Kilmer, man, he looks so... He is Blunt Man. He's not Val Kilmer. Yeah. Like, he is fucking Blunt, blunt man. man. He has done the homework. It's so good. I love the iPhone bit because you can't have Silent Bob <laughs> be silent anymore because you can just communicate with an iPhone. Yeah. And yeah. that's just real life. Click, 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 emoji. One, and one big ass emoji. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. And no, Tommy Chong, everything he says, you know, because when you're when you're high, everything's just in perspective, man. It's like you tr- like dogs; they don't know they're little dogs. That's why they pick fights with big dogs. <laughs> and what's, what's funny is that that sequence could have 
been so much shorter. Mm-hmm. Like it's long, yeah. but yeah. you have to you have those actors on set. Yeah. He had to use no, them. No, and, and I, he had to use them, and I think it, it worked. Again, the pacing of the scene was good. It's funny. The, the the cameos were great because we now have our second big screen Batman, right? We got Affleck. He's, he was Batman. Then we got to have Val Kilmer. Yeah. We got to have somebody who's played Batman be the Batman. Kevin Smith writes for Supergirl. Supergirl's there. Tommy Chong is Alfred. I mean, it all makes sense. It's, it's all cohesive. It all works together. And then... You know, they don't really say, like, I don't feel like the dialogue, like, helped move the movie. No. But the, sequ- but the sequence was good. You know, it was it was a couple of, st- uh, three stoners, like, sitting around talking. And, like, that's what they do or yeah. we did or whatever, you know. And then, boom, Cockknocker's hand comes through the wall at just the right time. Yeah. Enough, enough drama and suspense is built. They earn, they earn the moment. Yeah. It's great. Do you think those three actors were there at the same time, or were those sequences? <laughs> that, was, that was completely cut together, right? I don't know. I don't know. It they very were, well could have been. They were not looking at each other at all. It very well could have been. Val Kilmer was, in, was looking at something entirely different, even if, if Benoist was in front of him. Yeah, and they were in front of a, a green screen so visibly. Like, there was no set. Yeah. But uh, the costumes looked great. So good. Which is great because so like in the, they looked so shitty in the first movie. Yeah. No, everything's been upgraded. Yeah. You it, know, everything. It was very funny. And and that's exactly what would happen if you were rebooting Blunt Man and Chronic. That's what you would do. Chronic would be a woman. Totally. Like, totally. That's, it, yeah. it, it just makes sense. So the plan shifts to nebulously have Silent Bob replace Kevin Smith on stage for no reason. For no reason. And it just for kind no of reason. does it just to do it. And it's like... And it, come, it comes off of uh, Millie saying, I hate that guy. He puts his daughter in all his movies, which yeah. is good. Funny. Love that. Funny. Thank you so much. But then they shift right away to her looking at him. And now I'm confused. Like, does she know that he, she's Kevin Smith's daughter? Right, like it was just it's, this whole ending. The the meta humor starts turning on itself. Yeah, and it's not it's not well thought out. It's not put together. It gets because, messy because because it's not the ending that he wanted to shoot. No, it was supposed to be Stan Lee. It was supposed to be Stan Lee. Yeah, and it was going to be Stan Lee is directing the new Blunt Man and Chronic movie. Yeah, and Stan Lee is the one that Shen Yu wants to assassinate. Yeah. Which makes more sense. It makes a lot more sense than Kevin Smith. It makes a lot more sense. There's no reason for her to want to assassinate Kevin Smith. No, and the reason that she gives how he like has ruined pop culture or Yeah. The the things they, that they, he's they, done. It's no, it's the the Russians have infiltrated everything. They including pop culture. Including pop culture. Why? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. it's Yeah. It it so that it gets a little messy, but he dresses it up with a fun nod to big business, and that's so silly that they do the mirror bit from big business. Right. Right. And I was like, is that the Bet yeah. Midler sequence? Or from like, Crazy for You. Or from Crazy if for if You. If you're a theater geek. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like that. 
I thought I, I liked that. I just for me it, for Kevin Smith to be there, it just it wasn't it wasn't as good as it could have been. And I understand that the you know Stan Lee passed away before but they could the, do this. The movie was so much better before the last ten minutes. Absolutely. And yeah. And you can you can kind of see that he starts flailing because uh, you have the cast of Supergirl there. You have other members of Supergirl with ridiculous accents in weird <laughs> wigs. Um, then Iron Bob comes in. Like I liked Iron Bob. Did you really? I liked Iron I, Bob only like, because I, f- I feel like Kevin Smith and Robert Downey Jr. look a lot like each other. And then he got to say, oh, Marvel going to sue somebody. Yeah. Love that. The callback to call George Lucas to... is going to sue somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just the rest of it. I, it's I th- and I think yeah and I even wonder like I loved that the cockknockers were the the agents um, yeah you know and I loved I loved her being in the cat suit and that her like catfishing those girls playing on their emotions that was cool it was good all but that was for me, really good yeah but there was just something you're right there was just something that just wasn't working the best yeah and and it's funny because he nailed so much of the movie but it's it's. It's interesting because I think a Jane Silent Bob movie is a hard thing to pull off, and he absolutely did it much, much, much better this time. But it's still oh, kind yeah, of... Yeah, he was cruising. He, he was cruising, but it still kind of crumbles under the weight of, like, like Ally McBeal-itis. Ally uh-huh. McBeal was a super interesting show, and then it kind of devolved into introducing characters with nothing to do. Yeah. And this movie did the same thing. Like, it's really cool. We're trucking along. We learn a lot. Um... Jason Mewes giving us some actual range. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. You're talking about when he's, when he's telling, telling her about her being her dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. beautiful, beautiful work. Well, and even right before that, when, when they're like, so this is goodbye, and they're kind of like, they're kind of having a connection already. Oh, right. And then he's right. like, yep. oh, what is it? Oh, what does he say? But he says something to the effect if, of... If we can't stop this reboot... We better watch watch this reboot. Or are you talking about with I'm, the coffee? I'm talking about before, after the coffee, when they first get there and they have to part ways, and when they go on their quest to like stop the reboot while the girls are trying to get into the set. Uh huh. And they oh, yeah, they yeah, split yeah. up that first time, and he's like, "Yeah, listen, you, you're a really cool girl, and uh, yeah, he's a real asshole for not being around, something like that." Oh, he missed. Oh, he missed out. He missed out. Yeah. Some asshole missed out on being your dad. That's what. That's it was. what. It's, yep. Oh, come on, man. And then they hug, and yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's really great. Really the great two stuff. of them did such a good job connecting. Yeah. And of course, Jay has been around her his, her whole life. Right. She is super right. comfortable with that man. That is her Uncle yeah. Jay. Like, yeah. Yeah, they know each other. Yeah. So sure. the, it's, yep. the, the connection is there. The chemistry is so built in for them. And it's, it's a really, really sweet moment. Um, and when he comes to her at the end, you know, and he's like, I'm, I'm your father. Your mother didn't want me to tell you. The whole thing comes out. Did you notice he says, I run Bob? Iron Bob. Yeah, not yeah. Iron. Iron. Yeah, no, that's the heroin. <laughs> it's that's the effects of the drugs. Iron that's, Bob. He says it multiple times. That's caused him to say Iron Bob. Yep. yep. So weird. But you can kind of see the flail when Kevin Smith says, and now we fade out into the epilogue or something. Like the, it, the denouement. Yeah, the denouement. The emotional denouement, which is a title card from Clerks. Yes. Denouement, but, yeah. But still... We're just going to fade 
out of the fight yeah, sequence. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't work. And yet. you see in the deleted scenes, he filmed something after. Mm-hmm. Like, he filmed them walking away. He just did mm-hmm. it, tied up, and then maybe it was, no. maybe, I, you know, I didn't see the footage. Maybe it was better that he just faded. Because the epilogue in front of the quick stop is really good again. So good. And so you can see, actually, you can see it's messy. Like, the rewrite is messy. The stuff where he couldn't do what he intended to do is super messy. But yeah. everything getting there and after it is still really, really tight. Because that Absolutely, yeah. No, he, he had a plan. Yeah. He had a fucking plan and it was working. And, you know, unfortunately, the universe lost yeah. the great Stan Lee. So now here we are. In the denouement. In the denouement, in front of the quick stop, Jay, Millie, Bob, Bob excuses them, and then they start building their father-daughter relationship. Yeah, with a callback to what she said she always wanted. He's like, I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm ready to be your dad, but like maybe we could just start with a cup of coffee, teach you some father shit, shit, I don't know. Here, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that he says, I'm, I'm not ready to be someone's father, and she just immediately goes to the... I disappointed yeah. child moment yeah yeah but then uh, actually no dude what i was gonna say was and it's beautiful and i think this was the second moment that i got teary i think the first moment was the hug that we were just talking about yeah uh this is again here got teary uh i don't know i can't say if it's just because like like this is us makes me cry right because of all the there's so much dad stuff and this is dad stuff but i think uh Cinematically, regardless of your parental situation, this is going to make you get get your tug on your heartstrings. Oh, and they, again, it's well, it's well made. It's well, it's well written. Done. They execute it beautifully. And yeah. honestly, thinking about this, what does that feel like for Kevin Smith to put his daughter in the spot that started his career? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What does that feel yeah. like for him? Although, this is a set. It's not the real quick stop. It's not the real one. No, this is a set. For the first time. Yeah. In Clerks and uh, Silent Bob Strike Back and Clerks 2, they used the actual. This is a set. Why did they do that? Hard to say. Yeah. Hard to say. But still, just the, the, the symbolism of the moment is very unique oh, and very special. Powerful stuff. And when Jay's like, if you're lucky enough, you know, you find you got to find somebody to hang out with, like, got to find somebody that'll go on crazy adventures with you. That'll, you know, that'll always yeah. have your back, even when he's right next to you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. And he's saying that again. It's just like the Holden McNeil thing. J- Jay is saying that to Silent Bob, and Jason Mewes is saying that to Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Like they're everybody's grown up, and they're they're saying goodbye to each other. It's yeah. It's very, it's very moving, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, and then and then that's it. And, the, the, and then we get into these cut scenes, and you watch the cut scenes, which are actually super oh, funny. He had too much so, material. So good. Oh my Everybody God. came back. It's as good as the movie. Oh yeah, the the it's kids, as good as the, movie. the kids that buy drugs from him and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back are there. It's like put mm-hmm. that money. I've always in wanted my to say this. <laughs> I've always wanted to say this. Fifteen bucks, little, little man. man. Oh, it's but it starts out with. In memory of my marvelous mentor, and we see oh. Stanley and Kevin Smith rehearsing what was gonna be the scene. Oh man! And and you just die inside. You just oh, you miss him so much. 
Yeah. You just miss him. Yeah. Oh, and he's great. He's so great. He's so funny. He's just so fucking funny. Like he's, he's funny. Oh, he's goddamn hilarious. But yeah, and then we go through the cutscenes, uh, and Hollywood, Florida. Hollywood, yeah, Florida. Hollywood, that was a joke Florida. that he tried making happen. Um, yeah. You find out that the sexual predator wasn't a predator. Nope. And, and I guess he cut that because the scene wasn't working anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, all the all the great outtakes. Um, oh, oh, this is where I actually noticed the South Best um, logo. Mm-hmm. On, so it says South Best, but like to the left is the logo. It's an inverted Rebel Alliance logo. What? That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. That is so good. Really good. Really good. And yeah. the final thing we see is that we finally find out why there's always gum in the shutters. Yeah. And he that's really for the fans. He gave us that yeah. answer. He's like, yeah. oh, but, 20, but, of, but of course it's that. Yeah. Of course it was that. Who else would yeah. it be? For 20 years, we've been coming back here every night and putting gum in the locks. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so good. It's really good. Uh, I watched the credits super closely looking for a, a note. He didn't leave us a note this time. No, he didn't need to. And never. also the thank yous are super short. Yeah, uh, the, he didn't need to. No, he didn't need to. Because we, we know. We know. Yeah. Maybe they'll be back. Maybe they won't. Yeah. They're taking it easy. Yeah. Uh, and the story's over. He, it's a good wrap-up. It's time for the next generation to have their adventures. Yeah. It's basically the thesis of this movie. Right. But we're going to see them in Clerks 3. Yeah, we're going to see them in Clerks 3. They have to be in Clerks 3. They have to be. They have to be, yeah. They, they can't not be. No. And, but, I wonder, but I wonder what they'll be doing. Millie's got to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Millie, Because Millie's now a part of the whole thing. Yeah. We can't yeah, see Millie's buddy. mom because we got to see Becky. Right. Or, but he has done same actor playing two different roles before. Sure. He's, sure, yeah. He's, he's done that. Yeah. So. Wait, yeah, know. we don't... Well, it'll be like a... Um, It'll be like a, a roadie moment, right? In, yeah. Uh, Iron Man 2. You know, she'll, Justice will show up and Becky will be there and be like, yeah, I'm here. Deal with it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll just be what it is. Yeah. The one thing that was interesting about the credits, uh, he said he leaves a note to the fans for being everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says... For everything you've done for me and for my family, this entitles you to a selfie whenever you see me. Just not in the bathroom. Wait till we get outside. <laughs> <laughs> How generous, man. He is really leaning into being the coolest celebrity. Oh, yeah. No, and he is. Like, he is. To think about where he came from, right? Like, yeah. he's just a Jersey guy. You know, like, for the sports fan, any sports fans listening, he's Bill Parcells. Like, he's a, just a fucking Jersey guy. He wants his boys and his girl. He wants his people around him. And, yeah, he's blown up. Like, he's fucking world famous. And people love him or people hate him. But at the end of the day, he's just Kevin Smith. Yeah. And this he's is all... Kevin from fucking Asbury Park or wherever he's from. And this Leonardo is all just really cool. Yeah. And he's aware that it's a, it was a total crapshoot. Yeah. But he made Jalen Silent Bob reboot. And it's a good fucking movie. It's really, really good. Yeah. All right, so what worked for you? The relationships. Ah. The relationship between Jay and Silent Bob. The relationship between Justice and Jay was, like, tarnished by the fact that she didn't want him to know, but still there was 
that that relationship was there and then the relationship between Jay and Millie the way that they built it the way that they started how they progressed through it how they grew together and then and then when I'm your father her reaction of like Oh, that's not actually what I wanted. <laughs> you know, like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. But then, obviously, she realizes everything that's happened and it's all good. And I just think that, again, the, the watching a director, you know, when you're in rehearsal with them and they are able to tune in to people's relationships and, and they understand that that is more important than a fucking light cue or a special effect or anything like a cameo. It's about relationships and the relationships in this movie are so clear and so thought out and so wonderfully developed. That's what worked for me. That's fantastic. Really, really well said. What worked for me was tone juggling. He has tone juggling. Yeah. He has gotten good at having multiple tones in a film and he got really great at it in clerks too. And you see some more growth into it because Clerks 2 managed to be a Clerks movie. It managed to be a, a slick, well-produced Hollywood film. And it also managed to be kind of ridiculous and zany, but still exist in this real universe, you know? Jane Silent yeah. Bob Strike yeah, you Back. You believe Picklefucker. Yeah, yeah. Jane Silent Bob Strike Back never existed in that universe, even though we had just come from like this realistic, hyper-realistic chasing Amy that like had like real world stakes. Um, and it's kind of a nod. That tone is kind of a nod back to what he played with with Mallrats, but like in a really weird funhouse way. Because of that, the reboot has to have an element of that, and so he starts the reboot off in the same like sort of cartoony way. He does good by horses in the first two minutes of the film, <laughs> like out of the blue, just pulls his pants down, like, and it's and it's funny, and it's just your first nod of a million nods that you're gonna get. But there's actual genuine sincerity that's allowed to happen, too. And for him to create a movie and a film set and a script where you can have ridiculous moments, you can have dick jokes, you can have him running out with two stalks of weed being crazy, Uh, you can have a dream sequence where they talk to Method Man and Red Man, and you can also have these really sweet moments between Millie and Jay. To have that many disparate tones in one film... That's some really good filmmaking. And so as far as things, there are some like ham-fisted moments and nobody's perfect and no film is perfect. He really nails a lot of high-level filmmaking to make this movie as charming as it is. It's so charming. I still think even with the problems it had, I did not, I'll be honest with you, I struggled finding things to discuss Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I was like, I don't, (laughs) I was like, I'm not wild about it and I don't think it's funny. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I just, I really thought his tone juggling was exquisite. I'm with you. The Empire Strikes Back is a perfect film. State your case. Go. I will in about three episodes. No, 30 seconds. Give me the, give me the elevator pitch. I am not going to do that. No? There's, I'm, no, because why would I? I'm going to blow my load at the end of Jay and Silent Bob reboot and the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, you couldn't squeeze all the thoughts I have into an elevator shaft. Never mind a pitch. Come on now. All right, then. We'll come back to that. 
Because that, that is a hot take, sir. And I need to yeah, address absolutely. that. And I want to speak on it. But not right now. What didn't work for you about this movie? Well, the ending. Uh, the, climactic, the climactic sequence. And also, I said before, too, Justice not wanting Jay to know the kid. It didn't work for me. But from a filmmaking standpoint, right, all of the technical aspects of a film, 100%. It's just those two... Those two little things, the ending, justice, you know, just not, I don't know. It, yeah, that didn't work. And, we, and I've said the reasons already. Mm. Uh, mine is Jay and Silent Bob have never had edibles. <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob, right? <laughs> that seems unlikely. Well, they, they've, they've had edibles, because they said, oh, we can handle edibles. You think we can't handle edibles? But these edibles seem to be super edibles. All right. I see that. I take that in. I counter with they are unionized drug dealers. They don't know the products that dispensaries are out there putting out. Right. So you're telling me that if you're in a union, you would have had to have known everything. So you would have had to have had your hands and your mouth on everything. Yeah. Just some awareness of the existence of things. Right. Nothing should surprise you or knock you out into a fantasy world with Method Man and Red Man. They were shocked that this edible chocolate was so strong. Yeah. Duped, Enough if that you they will. woke up in Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. So strange. I got you. I got you. What's its role in the universe? And now here's the thing. This is where, this is the moment where that question really takes on a lot of extra weight because we're at the end of the universe. So this yeah. question now refers to what its role is in the entire universe as well as the localized version we usually encounter with this question. This is the first time you've asked me this question. Is it really? Yes. <laughs> I'm not prepared for this. What is its role in the universe? Yeah. It's okay, so what is its function in the viewist universe? Yeah. Or the, like, in the viewist universe? I see. Well, I think that it's, um, you know, all the things that we've been talking about. It's the passing of the torch uh-huh. in the universe. It's saying that our time to be center stage with the spotlight on us is coming to an end. We'll see what happens in Clerks 3, but it's coming to an end. And now we have to pass the torch on uh, to the next generation, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's like what is Spider-Man Homecoming's role in the Marvel universe? Yeah. It's to pass Edith on to Peter. You know, it's to say you are now in charge, son. Yeah. And now, you know, now Millie is now in charge of this this portion of the universe. We'll see what happens. Like I said, we'll see what happens with Dante and Randall. But yeah. I think this is this is we are coming to we are closing the chapter where we, Jay and Silent Bob, are the main focus of this universe, and we'll see now what happens next. Fascinating. I love that take on it. I think my take on it is this movie is a do-over. But wait till you hear my uh, special award. Okay, great. So this movie so obviously exists as I wish... The first time I did it was this. And the thing is, mm. as, as artists, as adults, 
as a writer, he didn't have the experience and or gravitas to pull off the weight of saying goodbye to Jay and Silent Bob when he did strike back. And yeah. so these are things, and these are things that literally only time can give you. It's like I said, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, its biggest flaw is that it's the follow-up to Chasing Amy. It's not mm. time for that yet. No. Or it's the follow-up to Dogma, rather. But it's like... Dogma, yeah. But it... But really, it's the follow-up it's the to follow-up Chasing, to Chasing Amy. Amy. Dogma Dog- was a fantasy it kind sort of, of... Dogma's yeah. an, an anomaly. So I always associate Chasing Amy as being the first cousin of... Jane yeah, Sandbox be- right back. Because when they get the money from Holden, yeah. at the end of Chasing Amy, the very next thing that really happens to them is Jane Son and Bob Strike Back. Yeah. Yeah. What's your special award, CJ? Alright, so for all you non-baseball fans out there, sometimes what will happen in the course of an inning is a pitcher will throw a ball to a batter. And that pitch will so clearly be a fucking strike, but the umpire but the umpire will blow the call. Mm-hmm. They'll call it a ball. And then either on the next pitch or a couple of pitches down the road in that at bat or even in the inning, there'll be another pitch that's close that will be called a ball, but or excuse me, that should be called a ball, but it'll get called a strike. And that's what we call a makeup call. Mm-hmm. And that's the special award for the makeup call <laughs> goes to Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Because you missed, you blew the call, Kev. 2001, you blew the call. You didn't nail it. And now, 2019, you have thrown a perfect strike. I love that. My special award is the special award for well played nepotism. <laughs> Well played, well placed. Well placed because as talented as Harley Quinn Smith is, she only has that role because she is his daughter and Mm -hmm. she's an actress. That's right. Yep. And he leans into that. When he's playing Kevin Smith, he makes a joke out of it. Yeah. And I think to help support that, he has Jason Mew's daughter play Holden McNeil's daughter in the movie. Yeah. And what's yeah. fascinating is Kevin Smith is obsessed with being a dad. And loves it. He loves Absolutely being a dad. Loves he it. talks about lives it, for it all the time. Yep. And he said that a lot of the ideas for this movie came in watching Jay with his daughter. Huh. And being inspired by their interaction. He's like that girl being born made him such Jay just turned into such a great dad. Like, it just uh, changes you. And he's, like, yeah. seeing that in my friend was kind of the inspiration for, like, if we were to check back up on him and he would be a dad, that would be a, a thing. And that's kind of what started it. And so I like that he, he's aware that nepotism is at play. He leans into it. And then the thing is, both of those girls nail it. Oh, absolutely. They do such a great job. So it's yeah. like... You can't so, get mad at either of that. No, no. They do a really, really good job. <laughs> so that's my special award. Uh, Desert on top five status. Oh, wow. You know, I gotta believe, I gotta believe that there's four, because I put Clerks 2 on the Desert Island. You did? Yep. I did. 
So I think I think that because I'm taking Clerks two, and I get Jay and Silent Bob in there, and I'll know in my heart of hearts what happens to Jay and Silent Bob at the end. Yeah, I think Clerks two still is better. Yeah, Jay and Silent Bob reboot does not make it to the island. Agreed. Uh... It's not even a close call for me. I liked it, and I liked it the second time I watched it, too. Um, and this one's new. This just came out. So us talking about this is quite timely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it, it doesn't make the desert on top five status by any stretch. But it's still good, and I love that I know it. It's still good. And it's, and it's really satisfying. But Clerks 2 is uniquely good. It's uniquely yeah. good for a movie and for a, a, a Clerks movie, for a Viewers Universe mm-hmm. film. It's, it's, the strongest. It's, it's the strongest of the bunch. I think it is. I think it's the best. And I think our special guest would agree. Our special guest would agree. Let's, let's hold in and let's uh, ask him. Well put. Yeah, I, I, I know, right? More. Fuck, I could not agree my more. my God, that was so good. Thank you. Thank you so much. He did such a great job. Alex. <laughs> anyway. Uh, icon or Wycon, CJ? Well... You know, this this movie is iconic in that it uh, replaces the other one mm-hmm. in the in the canon. Uh, I'm gonna, I you know, I think it falls just short. Really? Okay. I think it falls just short. That's fair. I I say it is iconic because I don't know another time when a do over landed this well. Yeah, well, there's that. And I think that that's what I was uh, alluding to as well. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's never happened. Think. It's never happened. It may never happen again. And I think in 10 years we'll be like, he filmed the same fucking movie again and just did a better version. That's really cool. I cannot think of a, another time that that worked. Uh, no, maybe, de- maybe Evil Dead 1 and 2. 2 is largely Evil Dead 1 all over again, just with different, slightly different circumstances and better effects. Um, Dark Phoenix did not nail it in trying to redo the wrongs of X-Men The Last Stand. Dar- no. 90 joyless minutes. Like, oh, yeah. What a sad, sad movie. So yeah, I that's, think that's really hard. I can't think of another do-over that did it as well as this, so I'm going to give it icon status personally. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't know. I'm torn. I'm yeah. torn because I, I the reason that you made it an icon, I led with. Yeah. You know, I said it definitely does. It definitely does it better. It definitely replaces. You know, I mean, what, what, think about like the other. Oh, how about the birdcage? The birdcage. Birdcage was essentially a remake. It was a remake. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and it and Cape it's- Fear. Cape Fear. Cape Fear was a very good remake, and it was better yeah. than the original. Yeah. However, it, it wasn't the same people. No, and that's the, right. And that's the thing. I think I think its closest cousins are Evil Dead and Dark Phoenix because Dark Phoenix involved the same writer as Last Stand. And yeah, the same and, producer. And we're still in the same universe. Oh, oh, Days of Future Past put us in the right? same universe, but yeah. Yeah. And then Evil Dead was still a Sam Raimi product. Yeah, and still had um, Ash, so 
Bruce Campbell. Yeah. I think those I, are its closest so cousins. It's kind of a, a film anomaly, though, for this movie to even exist. Right, because they just, re- it was almost, it, 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 short of being shot for shot. Yeah. All of the elements, visiting Banky. Yeah. You know, the dream sequence. Visiting Brody. The, I said Banky. Brody. Visiting Brody. Yeah. Uh, Brody, Brody Bruce. Oh, Brody Bruce has a daughter named Banner Bruce. Yeah. Isn't that great? <laughs> That's, and we only know that from the cutscenes. From the cutscenes. Yeah. And he says, what does he say? He says something like, um, calm one minute and a rage of emotions the next. Yeah. <laughs> it's <just> like she, <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, what is it? She tells uh, she told her mom to stop stepping on my dick. It's a great scene. I, I'm sad they cut that. That would be really funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, God. Is it iconic? You, you. Oh, I'm torn. I'm torn. It's okay to have complicated feelings about it. You know what? Can we can we check on me next week? Let's check can on we, it. Can can we circle back? We'll circle back. I'll check on it. Okay. Good. Thank God. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So Inva- Invasion of the Body Snatchers, another remake. Uh, that Invasion remake is bad. Yeah. The yeah. one with Nicole Kidman? Yeah. Her shoes change. <laughs> I shouldn't. I, 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 just, I just need whoever's working continuity to make sure that the continuity is preserved. Why does that happen? Continuity. Continuity, yeah. It's like Alec Guinness's hair. Oh, Alec Guinness's hair in A New Hope. Yeah. Watch for that. Watch for that this week. That's a thing. Oh, my goodness. Mm. All right, CJ, because this is the end of this chapter, this is the end of the first ever Icon or Wycon universe. We've devoured the entire universe. We did it. Do you have any final words about the Viewsk universe? Well, I led with, on our very first episode, that uh, I'm a former stage manager in the theater, but a forever fan of Kevin Smith. And this... This rewatch and these redigestion and, and talking about it all with with everybody, uh, it's just completely affirmed or reaffirmed my love for this man and this universe, and I can't wait to see Clerks Three. Can't wait. I love. How it. How about you? What do you have to say for ourselves? You know what? Having gone down this journey with you and with everyone and our seventeen listeners. It's like I can understand how much of these movies formed my sense of humor, Mm. how much of these movies affected my interpersonal relationships, the ways I've connected with people that connected with these movies, like how these movies like unify us in a certain way. Um, Watching the final movie have conversations that are so meta, it's the actors talking about their relationships with each other while they're yeah. talking about the characters' relationships with each other. It's the a fact that thing. It's, it's, it's beautiful. I, I grew up with them. And, and also, it's a, it's a franchise that started before the internet boom and the, mm-hmm. and the cult of Twitter celebrity yeah. and was altered by that boom. And evolved with it. And evolved with it. I think yeah. it's spectacular. And yeah. I'm so happy we did this. It was so nice. What a good COVID-19 project to just bite down on these and talk about them. I'm really satisfied with it. Absolutely. And uh, like, like Justice says to Millie, we knew them a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> it's so good. 
It's so good. Littered with the Star Wars references, all the movies. Yeah. And I always knew that there were Star Wars references, but like I, I just watching them all back to back again. I was like, "Fuck, they're there, everywhere. Yeah. Part of the fabric of what of what they're doing, and so well placed. Not one, not one where I was like, "Oh, come on." Yeah. Really? No, all good. No, all they're good. so one, good. One hundred percent marks across the board. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Kevin Smith. If you're out there, if you're listening, we love you. We love the films. I can't wait for Clerks 3. CJ can't wait for Clerks 3. Huge fans. Huge fans. Ah!